0: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, group void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Welcome in, everybody. Episode one of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. That is right. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Most of you, probably if you have tuned in, you know a little bit about me, but I am a host on Fox Sports Radio. I am the host of the Aaron Torres Podcast, and I am the owner of Aaron Torres Media at Aaron Torres Online, where you can find all sorts of great writing as well as my own podcast, the Aaron Torres Podcast, uh, and a great NFL podcast called Pickin' Pigskin Winners, a pro football betting show. We will also have a daily fantasy show coming in the coming weeks. But this is the College Football Betting Show, and this is what I want you to know about the College Football Betting Show. What I will tell you is, in general, for the most part, we will normally, in a normal uh, show, normal time, whatever, we will jump right into the games. But because this is the first show, I want to lay out a little bit for my vision for this show, what I hope to accomplish with this show, and then we will get to a loaded week one slate. First of all, as I said, my name's Aaron Torres. I've been covering college football basically forever. Been doing it about 10 years. Worked at FoxSports.com for a very long time. Was at Kentucky Sports Radio for a while. And now, like I said, all my writing is at AaronTorresOnline.com, where I will be making weekly college football picks. It's something I've been doing for years, uh, and it's something that I hope, listen, I hope that all the experience that I have doing this, I can impart some wisdom on you. And ultimately, when you look at this show, first of all, a couple things. One, the goal is twice a week, quick in and out. This show is going to be a little bit longer because I'm doing the intro, but in general, I want this show to be 15 or 20 minutes, get you all the information that you need, and get you out. If you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, you know that I can go on a little bit long, uh, and I don't want to do that with this show. What I want to do is get you the information you need, get you on your way. Uh, generally, we hope to do two shows a week, once on Sunday night into Monday, just looking at a first reaction to the point spreads and the lines coming out of Saturday, and then and from there, we will do a preview every Wednesday night into Thursday morning. That is the goal. That is what I hope to accomplish with this show. The other quick thing that I do hope to accomplish with this show, I just hope to make you the smartest college football better out there, okay? Um, I don't think there is anything more annoying than the college football or the betting guy on social media that yells and screams and, you know, have I done the hoodie AT? Have I had a little fun? Yeah. But one thing I never do, I never lie, I never deceit, I never this. Uh, I want you uh, to have the best information possible, and I am not going to be the guy that comes on and claims that I hit 80% of my picks or 90% of my picks or 100% of my picks. Ultimately, I'd love to hit every single one of them, but I know that's not realistic. The goal is, of course, to hit 100% of the picks, but really the goal for this show is to just get you the best information possible and then for you to responsibly do whatever you want with that information. I think and I hope there are going to be plenty of times where I give you an explanation on why I like a certain team or a certain game, and you sit there and say, well, that was really good information, but I just disagree with his analysis of that information. I'm taking the other side. Or I think there's going to be times where I say, you know what? I really don't like this game. I am going to be staying away. And you say, I don't know, man. You kind of sold me that this is the right side. That's another thing that you know about me and you've learned about me through the years if you've read my college football pick'em columns. I am not the guy that picks every single game. And as we get set to preview week one, I think you'll realize that I remain that guy where there's a couple really big games that I know you want to have action on that I'm just not going to share an opinion on or I'm not, I'm not going to share a side or a lean on. I'll share an opinion, but not a side or a lean because the goal isn't to have money on every game, to have action on every game. It is, again, to get you the best information possible and to let you do with it what you want. Should say, we hope to have a big gambling sponsor here announced in the coming week or so. But with that said, let's get to episode one of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Uh, loaded week one slate, And let's start with the big game. The big game is obviously Georgia Clemson. Clemson opens as a three-point favorite. The over-under is about 51 and a half. And what I'll tell you is this. Uh, One, it's obviously the game of the year. Cannot wait. But two, uh, fascinating kind of subplots. And you know what they are. You know what it all means for the playoff situation. In terms of this game itself, though, I'll be honest. I'm a little worried about Georgia, and I love Georgia in the preseason. I actually picked them to win the national championship, so you're probably sitting there saying, how can you pick someone to win the national championship, and then you're picking against them in week one? It's really simple. I don't think that they are in the right you know, the right space coming into this game. For people who do not follow Georgia on a day-to-day basis, their top red zone tight end, Darnell Washington is hurt, probably will not play in this game. One of their top cover corners, Tyke Smith is hurt, will not play in this game. Wide receiver, Eric Gilbert, is uh, away from the team, and it's a weird personal thing, and he's had personal things his whole career. He is not with the team. He will not play in this game. And then Georgia's best wide receiver, George Pickens, got hurt in the preseason, in spring practice, excuse me. And so when I look at this Georgia team, I think they have the talent to win the national championship, but I think that this is just the wrong spot to be playing Clemson in week one down two top receivers, your top tight end, and a top cover corner. And so when I look at this game, I worry about Georgia. I worry about the fact, by the way, that when it comes to Clemson's side of things, this Clemson's defense is going to be really good. I think everybody is so focused on Trevor Lawrence. How do you replace Trevor Lawrence? The bottom line is Clemson returns 10 starters off last year's team, team that went 12-0 and in the regular season or whatever it was. I guess they went 12, what 11-1 because of the Notre Dame game. We all know they would have beaten Notre Dame uh, if, if Trevor Lawrence had played in that first game. But they returned 10 starters off that defense, and put simply, I think it's the best defense that JT Daniels is going to see all year. Good news for Georgia, their defense is still really good. I expect a low-scoring game, but when I look at the two offenses, I just think that DJ uh, who we're all going to learn how to say that name, no different than Tua Tonga Viola, uh, I just think DJ Laganlale, I just think he's got more dudes around him. Keep in mind that Justin Ross, who was the team's leading scorer, uh, leading receiver in 2019, he is back. He did not play last year because of that neck injury. Um, and so when you look at Clemson, they have a few more weapons. Uh, they have, I think, the better defense coming into this game. And Georgia is just banged up. I think Georgia can lose this game. I don't think it changes the long-term trajectory of their entire season. Yes, they would basically need to go undefeated from there, beat either Alabama, A&M, or LSU in the SEC Championship game, but I just don't like how banged up they are and the marquee players and marquee personnel that will not be in this game. Personally, I do like Clemson minus three, And I do like the under 51 and a half. I kind of believe this will be like a 28 to 14, 28, 17 type game, a Clemson win. But I do like Clemson and the under in this game. But the important things that you need to know, Georgia's really banged up. Their best deep threats are not available, which I think will hurt against a Clemson defense that got exposed deep by Ohio State in the playoff last year and Clemson. For all the focus on Trevor Lawrence, they return a ton on defense, and I think they might have a chance to have the best defense in college football. Speaking of elite defenses... Let's get to Alabama and Miami, because I think when we come into this game, everyone is going to look at Alabama. They're going to say, look at all they lost on offense. They lost every single offensive coach off that staff, including Steve Sarkisian. They lost Mac Jones, the now starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. They lost Najee Harris. They lost Devontae Smith. They lost Jalen Waddell, and they're playing a really good Miami team. And that scares us. By the way, the line is 19 and a half in this game in favor of Alabama. Obviously, it goes without saying they're the favorite. The over-under is 61. But when I look at Alabama, I think everyone's focused on, well, look at what they lose. I want to look at it from Miami's perspective, though, because a few things. One, look, we all love De'Eric King. We all love what he was about. We all love how he came to Miami last year and immediately changed the culture. But a few things stand out to me. One, he is going up against a really good Alabama defense. Okay, Alabama has become known as this offensive juggernaut over the last two, three, four years. You know who had the number one scoring defense in the SEC last year? It was Alabama. You know how many starters they bring back off that defense? Eight starters. And so when I look at De'Ara King and I look at the fact that he's coming off a major knee injury and now he's got to in week one go up against that Alabama defense with eight starters back, I'm worried. Also, as much as I love De'Ara King, he played one elite defense last year at Clemson, and he was not very good. Finished that game 12 of 28, 121 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. So one game against an elite defense, De'Ara King was not that dude, and I worry for much the same in this game. As for Alabama, again, I know they lose a lot on offense, but I kind of trust them, especially against a Miami defense that last year was 67th in the country in total defense and gave up 34 or more points in five of 11 games okay so this Miami defense wasn't good they lost a first rounder in Jalen Phillips and now they are going up against a really good Alabama offense by the way if you haven't noticed if this is obviously your first time listening to this show relative to the Aaron Torres podcast this is a very numbers driven show a very data driven show the goal is again to get you the best information that you can possibly get rewind it take out a pen write down some notes whatever but the bottom line remains I'm just spitting out information as fast as I can get it out to you Alabama minus 19 and a half I'll be honest it looks good to me that number has been going up but when you look at this Alabama team the defense that's coming back D'Eric King and oh by the way Nick Saban you want to know some crazy numbers on Nick Saban How about these last five regular season opening games for Alabama, obviously taking out last season against Missouri when they opened an SEC-only slate, but five neutral site games. Here are the final scores. They beat Duke 42-3 in 2019. They beat Louisville 51-14 in 2018. They beat Florida State, which came into the game number three in the country 24-7 in 2017. They beat USC 52-6 in 2016. They beat Wisconsin 35-17 in 2015. So they have dominated opening games. I like Alabama in this game, but again, The goal is to get you the best information possible and for you to do what you want with that information. Let's actually go from Saturday and rewind to the first marquee game of the season, and that is Ohio State opening against Minnesota at Minnesota. Ohio State is now a 14-point favorite on the road, and this is one where I'm going to be honest with you. You guys want me to be honest, you want me to be transparent, and you want me to get you the best information possible, but this is a game where, as of right now, and I may change my opinion between now and Saturday morning, but if I was in Vegas, I don't know that I'd rush to the window and bet it. If I was uh, in Tennessee or Indiana or uh, Illinois, I don't know that I would rush to my, my app and bet it. And the bottom line is this, is that Ohio State is obviously an insanely talented team, uh, they're the best team in the Big Ten by far, but this is a tough home opener, okay? Remember that Minnesota just two years ago won 11 games. Two years ago, Minnesota went 11-2, and two, uh, nearly won the Big Ten West, and had its best season basically in 100 years under P.J. Fleck. Last year, they went just 3-4 and four overall, but it's worth noting this. Two of their four losses were in overtime and one was by a field goal. So as easily as they went three and four, they very, very, very easily could have gone five and two, something like that. Uh, In terms of Minnesota, I think what you need to know is, by the way, I should mention with Ohio State, my other concern in this game with Ohio State, the reason that I would not bet the Ohio State side is a few things. One, again, road crowd that matters remember we now have crowds we have full stands and CJ Stroud making his first career start on the road at night in the Big Ten that is not easy never forget they also have Oregon next week in a huge game and so obviously I don't want to say they'll be looking ahead but that allows the back door to be open in terms of what you need to know against Minnesota like I said They were three and four last year, but two losses in overtime, one by three points. Uh, They easily could have been five and two, six and one type team. The defense was not very good. Offensively, they should be able to, to put up some points. Keep in mind, Ohio State's defense was not very good last year, 122nd in the country in passing defense, but... Minnesota's passing offense is phenomenal but I worry a little bit about the defense from Minnesota's end they struggled they were 102nd nationally against the run but it is worth noting that they had a COVID pause late in the year and in their final two games they played well giving up 17 and 20 points in those final two games ultimately when I look at this game I think my lean would be Minnesota and the points you get two touchdowns at home But that Ohio State offense is so quick strike, so fast, I just don't know that I'd feel comfortable betting it. P.J. Flex said this week that he thought Ohio State actually had the best wide receiver core that he has ever seen in college football. I don't think that's hyperbole. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave will both be first round picks in this upcoming NFL draft. Um, they have the number one high school receiver from the class of 2020 and the number one high school receiver from the class of 2021, a kid out of Washington. And so you have really legitimately five, six NFL wide receivers in that receiver room. This one just feels like a stay away to me. Let's go back to the Big Ten. Let's go back to Saturday. And you just talk about a really, really, really interesting game. Minnesota or excuse me Penn State and Wisconsin okay so Penn State and Wisconsin are two teams that I think you can legitimately say and I know that they are legitimately saying that COVID really screwed some things up for them last year okay Penn State went four and five overall they were actually one of the few teams one of only two teams in the Big Ten to get in all nine games but they go four and five overall Uh, and really just had their season ruined by COVID. Micah Parsons, their best defensive player, opts out. Uh, One of their running backs has to take a medical retirement from football. Another one gets hurt in game one. They lose to Indiana, and they never really recover. And so I think if you are Penn State, you're sitting there saying, look, there's a reason that we went 4-5 and last year. For Wisconsin, I don't think it was much better in terms of dealing with COVID and in terms of dealing with the situation that they had to deal with, which was this. They dominate Illinois in their opening game. And then the next day, you know what happens? Their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz, comes down with COVID. And you know what happens right after that? Paul Christ comes down with COVID. And so they have to take a two-week pause. They lose two games off the schedule that they probably would have won. And then they go one and three in their next three games. They finish three or next four games. They finish three and three overall. And really just a forgettable year for Wisconsin in general. So now I think the tough thing, the thing that you have to figure out, What do you believe it all means in terms of the big picture of this coming season, right? That's the biggest thing about COVID that you're trying to figure out. What does it all mean? Who was impacted? Why? What can we take from last year? And what can't we take? And when it comes to Penn State, I'll be honest, I don't think that COVID was the reason that they stunk. I just don't think they were very good. Because if you go back and look, they go four and five overall, like I said, Now, they did have an unlucky break to open against Indiana to start the season, but they get destroyed by Ohio State, they get destroyed by Iowa, they take a bad loss to Maryland, and then even when they won four straight games to end the season, the teams they beat weren't very good. They beat Michigan, who stunk, they beat Michigan State, who stunk, they beat uh, Illinois, who stunk, and they beat, who was the last team, Rutgers, who stunk. Those four teams combined to go 9-21, and all their wins were against each other. So you look at Penn State... I just don't believe that they are significantly improved, especially with Sean Clifford back at quarterback, completed 60% of his passes last year, wasn't very good, and now you're going up against a Wisconsin team that did struggle offensively, but also, by the way, has been top 10 nationally in scoring defense and total defense each of the last two years. And so when I look at this game, as I think I mentioned, the uh, spread is 4.5, and and then in terms of the over-under, that is uh, 50 And so when I look at this game, I actually like Wisconsin with the four and a half, and I like the under of 50 because I just think Wisconsin is a team that you can legitimately blame COVID for their concerns. I don't know that you can blame it at Penn State though, where again, all their wins were against bad teams. Their quarterback was not improved. It's worth noting their quarterback is going to have their third quarterback coach in the last three years. Um, And yeah, I just don't know what I can take out of this Penn State game. This is what I wanna do. I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about the rest of the big games from this coming weekend. Still a lot to get to, but just want to take a quick break. All right, I'm back. Uh, Let's get right back into it. I don't want to waste any more time. I told you 20 to 25 minutes, and I think we can get in everything else that you need to know. The next big one, it is actually being played, I don't know, about... 15 minutes from where I live, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. That is LSU at UCLA. LSU is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 65. Here's what you need to know. If you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, you know I love UCLA. I've loved UCLA all offseason. I loved them before Kirk Herbstreit picked them to win the Pac-12 South. And I really, when this was about five and a half, 6.5 six over the summer, I planned on hammering UCLA. Then, in week zero, they're one of the few teams that plays. They play Hawaii. They destroy Hawaii 44-10. to Zach Charbonnet, who did nothing at Michigan last year, shout out Jim Harbaugh, runs all over uh, Hawaii. And UCLA dominates. They went 44-10. to They're up 31-3 at halftime. So I really like UCLA. I think they're going to be really good this year. But this feels like the classic overreaction to Week Zero when there were only three games on. And so I'm afraid to take the UCLA side. Now, what I would also say, I'm kind of afraid to take the LSU side too. LSU, as easy as it as it is to forget, had a historically bad defense last year, okay? They finished in terms of FBS teams. LSU finished 124th in total defense, and 127th in pass defense, and that's out of 128 teams. Now, I know Bo Pelini was the defensive coordinator. I know he has since been fired. I just don't trust this team to be have things figured out in one offseason and be ready to go at the Rose Bowl. I think it's also worth considering. We know what has gone on in Louisiana over the last few days. Um, you know, Obviously, there are bigger issues than football, But I only bring it up to say, uh, when I look at this LSU situation, keep in mind, they've been on the road since Saturday. They left for Houston. They've been staying in Houston. By the time they get to UCLA, by the time they get to LA late Thursday, early Friday, they're going to have been on the road for a while already. So in terms of this game, I would probably lean like UCLA first half, but I just don't feel great about any side in any direction, and it's just one I'm going to stay away from. Next big game. Let's get to the Raging Cajuns uh, of Louisiana against Texas. And I think everybody knows, but Louisiana is ranked. And Louisiana is really good. They were 10-1 last year, 11-3 the year before. That equates to 24-2 over the last two seasons. They beat Iowa State last year at Iowa State to open the season. And this is a really, really, really good team they're opening in the ranked in the top 20 and they obviously play at Texas in Steve Sarkeesian's first game as the head coach of the Texas Longhorns when I look at this game I can't lie I think Texas fans should be worried I get that Sark's a good coach I actually like Sark I think he'll be successful but Louisiana Lafayette and I'm, I still call him Louisiana Lafayette but the Louisiana they don't like to go by Lafayette the raging Cajuns 10 starters back on defense, and the one thing they do really well goes in direct contrast with what Texas wants to do. They defend the pass extremely well. Texas is a team that obviously wants to throw the ball all over the yard under Steve Sarkeesian. When you look at Louisiana last year, they, they were number six nationally in the country in total defense or excuse me, in pass defense, and how about this for a stat when it comes to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns? This blew my mind when I saw it. Of their 11 games, seven opponents were held under 200 yards passing. In this era, that's insane. They also have eight different players who have started at least three games for this program in the secondary in this program right now, and so when I look at this game, I'd be worried if I was Texas because this might be the best pass defense that you face all year, and that isn't hyperbole. I think this is close. I think it's back and forth. I think Louisiana has a chance to win this one late. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you one quick funny story that I wrote about in my picks column at Aaron Torres Online on Wednesday morning, but uh, I was in Vegas over the summer, and I was with a buddy, and we went into the, we were in the hotel, and we were going back up to the room, and we get in the elevator. Big guy. Walks into the elevator with a very nice-looking young lady. I assume it was his girlfriend, whatever. Uh, Not really paying attention. I notice he has a Louisiana Raging Cajuns bag, like a bag with a logo on it. And right away it registers, this guy must play football for Louisiana. So why do I bring it up? I kind of make some small talk. I say, hey, man, how you guys feeling about Texas week one? Guy looks me dead in the eye, and he says, we're beating him. And then he goes back to talking to his girlfriend and completely ignores me. I bring this story up only to say, this is the kind of information you won't get anywhere else. But when you have a guy that looks you in the eye, as confident as this guy was, sold that this team is going to win, I trust them. I think they win outright. I think they they cover the eight. If I had guts, I would bet them outright. But I like Louisiana to cover the eight against Texas. Uh, Looking at some of the other games, I'll try to make these quick. Indiana, Iowa, I will stay away from. Um, When it comes to Iowa or Indiana, excuse me, anyone who follows my work or listened to the Aaron Torres podcast last year knows I basically bet against Indiana every single week and they basically made me look stupid every single week. Now, my concerns with this team is, is as follows. One, Michael Penix, their quarterback, is coming back from a major injury. He is expected to start week one, but it's not as though it is going to be an easy start for him against a really good Iowa team. My other concern, Indiana was great at turning people over last year. That sounds like it should be a good thing, right? I just think they did it at such a high level, I don't know that it's sustainable. They averaged, check this out, guys, over two interceptions per per game last year. It was by far the most in the country. I'm sure some of that is scheme. I'm sure some of that is coaching. I don't believe that that is replicable though. And so when I look at this game... If this is a team that can't turn you over two or three times a game, are they a team that can beat you? Especially good teams, especially on the road, uh, especially in tight games like Iowa, uh, like like against a team like Iowa that clearly wants to keep things close and low scoring. So again, this is one that I will probably stay away from. Great game, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Iowa three and a half point favorite. I would lean Iowa, but I am not betting Indiana the rest of the year. Quickly, let's get out of here on a few other games. Uh, Notre Dame at Florida State. And Notre Dame's a really interesting team. I think they're a little bit overvalued coming into this season. But when you look at Notre Dame, uh, as much as they lost, I would be worried in the big picture. If you have the over win total, I'd be worried. If you're worrying, you know, they're playing Wisconsin later this year. They're playing North Carolina later this year. They're just not a team that I love um, because of everything that they lost. They lost Ian Book, their longtime starting quarterback. They lost basically the whole offensive line, and they lost eight starters on defense. I just don't know that Florida State is the team that can expose them. Florida State is one of those teams For years, we have been waiting. Everybody's saying, uh, you know, is Florida State back? Well, what's going to happen with Florida State? Well, they recruit so well, they'll figure it out at some point. And it's like, at a certain point, you just don't figure it out, and you just aren't very good uh, at, at, I don't want to say you're not very good, but you are not going to live up to expectations. And So I bring this up because I think Florida State is very much still in rebuilding mode. Remember, this is year two for Mike Norvell. Willie Taggart didn't even get to, to the end of year two and Jimbo Fisher kind of snuck out the side door late and when you look at this team they were not good on either side of the ball 85th nationally in total offense 105th nationally in scoring defense they weren't very good moving the ball or are stopping the other team from moving it so I would actually lean Notre Dame here and then fade them the rest of the way but this is just one I don't feel great either side about the last game I would just say very simply, Ole Miss at uh, Louisville. Ole Miss is a ten-point favorite. Louisville is, of course, coming off a disastrous season. This is on Labor Day night. It is an 8 p.m. Monday night game. Over/under of 75 and a half. I think that's pro- It's probably the right side to take the over, but I just can't do it. Um, but this just feels like a classic stay away. Listen, if you want to chase your bets at the end of a Monday night, I get it. I don't blame you. Uh, And I do think Lane Kiffin is very aware of what the number is on any given night. But when you look at Ole Miss, they gave up close to 40 points per game last year. They had the worst scoring defense in the SEC last year. And I don't know that I want them on a Monday night against a Louisville team that historically Scott Satterfield has put together pretty good offenses. I don't know that I would want to be on either side of this game and sweating it out uh, when it comes to Louisville. Listen, I, I know I just said it, but really, really, really disappointing effort from Scott Frost last year uh, or Scott Frost. Yeah, I was disappointed from Scott Frost, too, but especially from Scott Satterfield, who actually coaches Louisville. Uh, they were a team that came in with really high expectations. They had gone seven and five in year one. They go four and seven overall, and you look at their wins. none of them were very good. Western Kentucky Wake Forest. Florida State and and Syracuse they were a team that took a major 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 step back and really struggled with turnovers really struggled with a lot of different things they were actually minus 12 in terms of turnover margin and so look at the end of the day this just doesn't feel like a game that I feel great on either side if you want to have a little fun bet the over but I will be staying away there it is that was episode one College football betting with Aaron Torres. This is what I need you to do. I need you to hop into um, the uh, what? What do we call it? Uh, First of all, make sure to, to subscribe. Do it on iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, pretty much anywhere where you download podcasts. But also leave a review. Let people know. Share if they like throwing a few dollars on a couple games. Make sure to share this podcast with them. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be informative. Like I said, we're at about 28 minutes. And keep in mind, it's only because the week one slate is so loaded. So week one is in the books. We will be back next week. But that is college football betting with Aaron Torres. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate and review. If you want to hit me on Twitter or uh, Instagram or wherever to let me know what you think of the show, let me know. We will be back next week with another episode.